And now, a segment from the best of The Night Side with Barb DiGiulio podcast. Listen and download the latest podcast at Newstalk1010.com. In terms of the U.S. presidential election and the campaign, I'm starting to get to the point where um, I would just like to go to bed one night and then wake up and have the whole election be over. And then I just find out what happened uh, because now we're going into crazy area. Obviously, a lot of stuff has happened within the last week, really ramping up with the tape, the Access Hollywood tape that was released last week and people's reaction to it. And then the uh, debate on Sunday night. Uh, So, uh, you know, I've talked about this before, about the locker room talk, how I believe that uh, there's certainly not everybody, not all men engage in that type of talk. I think there are some men who engage in that type of talk. Now we've taken it to another level because at the debate, Donald Trump said he has never done the things that he was saying he has done. And now we're at the point where we have women coming forward alleging that he has uh, touched and groped and done things that they didn't want him to do. So this is one of those stories that's very fluid for me and and ever-changing because I get to a point where I am not someone who believes, as in, and I've talked about the Bill Cosby situation, the John Gameshi situation, I don't believe that a group of women conspire to come forward and accuse someone. I tend to generally be a believer where there's smoke, there's fire. I also think that the truth eventually comes out one way or another. And I believe that in this case. And I think, you know, uh, when you look at everyone that the U.S. voters have to choose from, it's sort of... People don't really feel like they have much of a choice. I, in fact, ran into a guy today who convinced me, not convinced me, was... uh, uh, adamant that, no, they're going to find a way to allow Obama to have a third term because there's no way that uh, any of these people, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, could be in. So let us take uh, you to the next part where Michelle Obama has spoken out today. And uh, the headlines are all over the place. She is shaken to the core Not by the women coming forward. She is shaken to the core five days later, six days later, over the Access Hollywood tape that was released last week. Last week, we saw this candidate actually bragging about sexually assaulting women. And I can't believe that I'm saying that a candidate for president of the United States has bragged about sexually assaulting women. And I have to tell you that I, I can't stop thinking about this. It has shaken me to my core in a way that I couldn't have predicted. So um, it's a bit over the top for me. I'll tell you why it's a bit over the top for me. And I'm feeling like these words are coming from a place where, yes, she is a woman and yes, she might be offended by all of this. But is this the genuine reaction of her being a woman? Or is this a political reaction by someone who represents the party that doesn't want Donald Trump to be elected? And I say that because Michelle Obama is 
someone who is out there in the public all the time, talking to many different people. She's a lawyer. She's an experienced speaker. She has talked about kids being killed in wars, and I have not heard that shaky, tearful sound in her voice that she had today. This is not something that we can ignore. It's not something we can just sweep under the rug as just another disturbing footnote in a sad election season. Because this was not just a lewd conversation. This wasn't just locker room banter. This was a powerful individual speaking freely and openly about sexually predatory behavior and actually bragging about kissing and groping women, using language so obscene that many of us were worried about our children hearing it when we turn on the TV. One of the woman, women who has come forward to allege that Donald Trump assaulted her is a woman named Jessica Leeds. She uh, alleges this took place on an airplane many years ago. And as I said earlier, there are a couple of things that sort of sway me one way or the other. One is I don't believe a group of women would get together to conspire to lie about stuff like this. So I want to see where it's going to go from here. I also don't think a woman who is now 74 years old and completely out of the media spotlight needs to add any of this kind of drama to her life because it's not all going to be support. But listen to how Jessica Leeds describes the alleged incident. We just chatted back and forth, nothing particular. It wasn't until they cleared the meal that somehow or another the armrest in in the seat disappeared and it was a real shock when all of a sudden his hands were all over me he started encroaching on my space and i hesitate to use this expression but i'm going to and that is he was like an octopus it was like he had six arms he was all over the place okay and if that and and that may very well have happened and if that happened, you know, she's she's bringing in a lot of stuff she doesn't need into her life by coming forward. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm questioning, but all I'm doing is comparing her voice and her manner as she was the one she alleges she was assaulted by Donald Trump to Michelle Obama. Last week, we saw this candidate actually bragging about sexually assaulting women. And I can't believe that I'm saying that a candidate for president of the United States has bragged about sexually assaulting women. And I have to tell you that I, I can't stop thinking about this. It has shaken me to my core in a way that I couldn't have predicted. Think about what an accomplished speaker Michelle Obama is and how composed she always is. And ask yourself if that was a completely genuine reaction. Ryan Doyle said to me earlier, she was a nine when it could have been a seven. I'm thinking that was probably an 11 or 12 when it could have been a sixth, six. Anyway, my, my two cents, my two cents on a story that continues to evolve. And again, I believe that the truth always does end up coming out. It continues to be probably the most interesting uh, presidential race that we have ever seen and, and, may ever see. Something interesting happened on an Alaska Airlines flight over the weekend. 
After a flight attendant was harassed by a male passenger, she exacted the perfect revenge. So here's what happened. This woman, speaking of Facebook, uh, told the story on Facebook. Her name is Amber Nielsen, and she was a passenger on the plane. And the plane was going from Seattle uh, when one of the female attendants on the flight began giving the safety demonstration. It's always funny that uh, a lot of people don't pay attention to that. For me, it's a little bit of a superstition. I think it's bad luck to ignore the flight attendant. I always listen with rapt attention. Oh, okay, that's how you do the buckle. Okay, that's how you inflate the vest. It's just sort of a superstitious thing with me. Uh, so the female flight attendant was giving the safety demonstration. And uh, Amber wrote, well, not all of us were paying very close attention. But a man in the row behind me changed all of that by calling out to the flight attendant just after she demonstrated how to use the life vest, this guy called out, ooh, sexy. <laughs> so uh, she says, this was a, an awkward moment. Flight attendant handled it well. She says, before we could do more than glare in his direction, the flight attendant took off her vest, walked right up to the guy and said, you need to be respectful and started to walk back to continue on with the demonstration. So he that wasn't enough. He had to yell out, come on, I'm just playing with you. Well, that wasn't a good enough excuse for the flight attendant because shortly after this, a man boarded the plane and walked right up to the offending passenger, who by this point was yelling out, I didn't do anything, I didn't do anything wrong. But he said, the, the guy told him, get your things, you're getting off the plane. And according to this fellow passenger, all the rest of the passengers had to try hard to resist clapping because I guess this guy was being annoying. And this woman writes, I felt honored as a patron of the airline and as a woman because Alaska Airlines supported their staff and those of us on board who were demeaned by another passenger's juvenile and exceedingly disrespectful behavior. So curious to know whether or not you think this was appropriate of the airline to kick the guy off for that comment? Was it an overreaction? Is it time to have sort of a zero tolerance when it comes to being respectful of the flight attendants? Perhaps they look at someone like that and think, if this guy has a couple drinks into the flight, things are going to get worse. We're not going to be able to do our jobs. But is it unfair to remove someone from a flight for calling out, ooh, sexy, to the flight attendant when she's demonstrating how to use the life vest? See, I don't think people being kicked off planes is very common. And if you have ever seen anyone being kicked off a plane, I'd love to hear your story too and know why they were kicked off the plane. A few months ago, I was flying down to Florida with a friend and we had a stop to make anywhere. There was this group traveling together, a bunch of uh, couples who seemed to be on some celebration, somebody's anniversary or something like that. They were all traveling together and I guess they decided when they got on the plane that instead of taking the seats they were assigned, which weren't all together, they were going to sit all together. And there are rules around that and there are safety rules around that. And the flight attendants kept asking them because we had to make a stop. And before the other people at that stop location could get on the plane, these people had to take their correct seats. And the flight attendants kept coming back and asking them. And we were getting like 
15 minutes behind the time we were supposed to leave, half an hour behind the time we were supposed to leave. And these people were speaking, and I honestly don't know, it was a different language, and they were just sort of speaking to each other in that language, obviously talking about the flight attendants, and the flight attendants were saying, look, we are going to kick you off this plane if you don't get into your proper seats. And that's when somebody said, you're racist. You're only saying this to me because of the color of my skin. And my friend and I looked at each other and I'm like, really? Are we going there? Really? Now, I wish they had removed these people from the plane, but they didn't. So, and these people were not only being annoying, not only not listening to the flight attendants, but holding up the flight because they refused to take the seats they were assigned. Yet this guy on Alaska Airlines gets kicked off for calling out to the flight attendant, ooh, sexy, when she was doing her demonstration of the life vest. Did the airline overreact? Or is this what airlines need to start doing? Having zero tolerance when people act up on flights. 416-872-1010. Text us at 71010. Remember when people thought it was funny going through customs to say, uh, oh, are you carrying anything? Ooh, just the bomb in my suitcase. Well, like that's you're like, okay, you're not flying today. Nobody does that. People used to think that was funny. Did this airline overreact? Should airlines be kicking people off more often? Have you seen somebody kicked off a flight? And what did they do to get themselves kicked off? Hi, Dan. Welcome to the show. Barb, thank you very much. I've called in before uh, about travel because I fly about 40 or 50 times a year. I love this. I wish they would do it more often. I've seen drunk people get kicked off airplanes. I've seen verbally verbose people being kicked off airplanes before. I love it. I think it's great. But what people don't realize, especially when it comes to the flight attendants, is your comment might be, um, in this guy's case, he might have meant it very innocently. But you know what? Everyone has a right not to be sexually harassed in their workplace. Yeah, and, and that is their workplace. Do you often see, so is it usually, like, it's not, it's before the flight, not when you land, somebody gets escorted off, it's before the flight, they'll come on and take them off? Yep. Um, if you're overly drunk, because if, if you are too drunk to function in case of an emergency, they'll pull you off the airplane. Um, if uh, you're, you're very, uh, you know, you were talking about the seat thing, if you're yeah. extremely argumentative about where you want to sit, um, they'll, they'll give you one or two options. If the seat's vacant, as an example, they'll say, look, for takeoff, you need to be in your seat, but once we're in the air, you can, you can move. Um, you know, but if you're still arguing with them, yeah, they'll take you off, and they should take you off. You're, you're, you're going to be, you're getting onto something that's going to be hurling you through the sky at 40,000 feet and 560 miles an hour. They need to know that you as a passenger are going to help them and be responsible and not argue with them. Dan, thanks a lot for the call. Interesting stuff. Should this guy have been kicked off the plane for catcalling the flight attendant? Did the airline overreact, or is it about time that people start to understand the plane is not the place. It's not the frat house, right? You need to be respectful. Pay attention when they're doing the safety presentation. Hi, Linda. Hi there. How are you? Great, thanks. Go ahead. Um, I would say that he should have been kicked off the plane, and the people that you were talking about earlier should have get, been kicked off the plane, too. I think it's time for zero tolerance. Like, what if the guy had a couple drinks and I'm halfway through the, the flight and grabs her, slaps her on the butt? Yeah, well, that's the thing I'm wondering if they can sort of identify somebody 
who is probably going to be trouble further on in the flight. I was on a plane going to uh, Dominican, and there was a wedding party. They were totally disrupted the entire plane ride. They did not get kicked off. They got escorted off the plane and got uh, put into security um, and somehow got let out. And I discovered that they were a wedding party at my hotel. Oh, great. Yeah, it was lovely. Were they the ones that took over the pool bar every day? Oh, every day. Yeah. No, I know that. I know that group. And, you know, that's one thing. We we took a, a flight, a family vacation to Mexico a few years ago. It was like our first all-inclusive with our kids. And we got there. And there was a group like that there. And it's like, really? Really? It's just people that are just drunk from morning till night, crowding the the bar in the pool and all that kind of stuff. 416-872-1010. Did the airline overreact to this passenger cat calling the flight attendant during the safety demonstration? Or should he have been kicked off the plane? Because that's what happened. Hey, John. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think this 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 woman is being a drama queen, and some other person who said to you, "All we could do is hold ourselves back from cheering and clapping for him being kicked off the plane." How can that woman tell you all we could do is if she's speaking on my behalf? Because I know I wouldn't be cheering for him to be kicked kicked off the plane for going. That's complimentary to her. Is it's it? It's a positive. Look, if someone said, "Hey, Barbara Julio, you're ugly," hey, that would be rough. If someone gives you a whistle because you have beautiful eyes, face, tan, complexion, you look good like baked bread, beautiful. That's a compliment. That means you're good to go. That sums up. Hey, I wish I could have someone tell me I look good instead of telling me I look ugly. All right, John. We know who John's voting for. Hey, Kyle. Hey, as a pilot, I just want to say that that's disgraceful what the guy did. If it was on my airplane, he'd be off the airplane so fast. I wouldn't even care if he would complain and say, I want a refund, because he would never get it. That's my opinion. Have you had? To, have you ever had anyone kicked off a plane? Uh, I've kicked someone off personally, but not for catcalling. It was for drunken behavior. And does it happen often that people get kicked off? Because I was on a flight where I felt like, the, I mean, the, the flight attendants were threatening to kick somebody off, and I felt like they were pretty patient with these people. I wish the people had been kicked off. They weren't. Uh, no, it doesn't happen as often as people think it does. It's just, but, I mean, the ones that do happen, they're the ones that obviously you know, are going to be, uh, you know, called out on it by the media and stuff, right? But no, it doesn't happen that often. But if it, when it does, uh, it, you know, it, it, I'm glad that they put the media puts it out because you shouldn't be put, you know, it shouldn't happen in the first place. These girls are, you know, are not girls, but girls and guys are doing their job. And that's the last thing they want is someone to do that, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kyle, thanks a lot for the call. See, some people, like one of our previous callers, um, fail to understand that people may not want to be harassed like that on the job. They may not, in most cases, often don't find it a compliment. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Barb. How are you? Great, thanks. Go ahead. Um, I, you know, I agree with your first caller. Um, I think it's definitely called for. I think the fact that you're causing a disturbance on a plane of any kind, number one, is a distraction for the attendants and for the pilots. I mean, like your caller said, it's you're in a, in a machine that's you know, 10,000, 15, 20,000 feet above the ground, moving at very high speeds, and to cause a distraction like that is uncalled for. Number number two, I think that, you know, you're, you have to have respect for anybody that's in a uniform, um, on the job especially. Um, they're an authority figure, and they're trying to create a safe environment for you, including, this is, I'm talking about the attendance, Barb, um, and they're, they're with, this is within a safety presentation, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to teach you how to take care of yourself and your kids in, in, in terms of an emergency. So I think it's ridiculous. And, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're a male, you know, and I'll speak to your last conversation about Trump, 
if you, if you're at this point in your life, don't understand how to have respect for either gender, women and men, and any person of color, then you know what? You're you're living in the wrong world. What can I say? All right, Daniel. Appreciate the call. Uh, thank you to everyone who called in. And uh, sorry we couldn't get to all of the calls and some great text messages, too. Appreciate it. We are going to move on when we come back. Have you ever had an issue with uh, one of your kids' teachers, perhaps sending home a note or saying something to your kid that you didn't approve of and you had to step in and deal with? Tiana Norris is a Chicago parent, and uh, she said she got a note from her daughter, Arnia's teacher, asking her, the mom, to stop using as much coconut oil in her daughter's hair. So uh, the teacher writes, I understand the, the I understand the necessary. So there you go. I understand the necessary of coconut oil on Arnia's hair, but please do not use as much. The children were complaining that her hair stinks. If you have to apply this daily, please do so lightly so the kids don't tease her. Thank you for understanding. That was from the parent. So Norris's daughter has kinky, curly hair. It needs a lot of moisture to be healthy. Um, If hair with that particular texture is not moisturized regularly, it can cause breakage. Norris posted an image on Facebook of the letter from the teacher side by side with a picture of her daughter's hair. And her caption confirmed that she had no intention of taking the teacher's advice. She said she was going to keep applying the same of mount, uh, amount of coconut oil. Her words, not mine. Y'all gone feel that black girl magic. Sincerely, unapologetically, black mom, P.S., coconut oil, has no stinky smell. Norris says her child is the only black student in her class at the Raggedy Ann Learning Center. And she says in her post that was uh, reached, reposted 3,000 times uh, that uh, has a few people wondering why Norris and her daughter would make any changes to what they're doing when the teacher should instead be telling the other kids not to bully this girl. If her, there's some scent coming off her hair. So anyway, the parents said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not feeling so good about this. So they went to the school for a sit down with the teacher. And I guess the teacher at that point kind of backed away from it and said, oh, well, no, your child's not actually getting bullied. And I never meant to be offensive in any way, shape or form. Uh, no one ever said anything to your daughter. And the mom goes on to say, my daughter's teacher is just a complainer. In brackets, she put, she's Russian. We had an adult conversation. My daughter has many friends, so I will not be removing her from the school. The teacher is being disciplined. So then a couple days later, the mom posted again, reflecting on how the situation made her feel, saying she is not of the opinion that the teacher meant no harm from the letter, considering that she was the only one who had the problem with the child's hair. It was something the teacher didn't like. So the teacher wrote a letter home to the mom claiming other kids were teasing her daughter when, in fact, it was just the teacher who was bothered by the smell of something that the mom was using on her daughter's hair. Did the teacher handle this the right way? And have you ever been in a position where a teacher has sent you a note home about your child that got your backup? Uh, Somebody was telling me a story about a child in a classroom who had a very strong body odor. And 
the teacher phoned the parents because I guess other kids were teasing this kid, which is, you know, hey, look, it's been going on for years, but we're trying to get to the point where, you know, and that is a form that is obviously a form of bullying if kids get teased for something that's different. But if it's something also that they can help, I think it's okay for the pa- for the teacher to maybe contact the parent and say, hey, you know, the kids are kids are mean and they kind of do this stuff. And, and while I'm going to handle that angle here, I'm going to talk to the kids about not teasing. I don't know. Is it, is it inappropriate for the teacher to reach out to the parent? I think as a parent, I would appreciate it. But I also think that the teacher should phone the parent and not write them a letter saying, please stop using this product or use less of it in your daughter's hair because the other kids think it's stinky. Like, it's a pretty sensitive topic. I would like to think that the teacher would maybe call the parents and say, hey, do you have a minute? I wanted to talk to you about something. Show a little bit of compassion, maybe explain a little bit further about the situation so the teacher, the parent is not caught off guard. And did the teacher handle it the right way? And have you ever had anything like this happen? Did your teacher ever send your kid home with a note that really bothered you? Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Go ahead. I, I guess I'll start with saying that, sure, there are great teachers, and then there are these ultra-left-wing, I guess you call them, politically correct ones, um, which stand out. Now, my son was sent home some time ago with a note. I can't remember the exact circumstances, but it ultimately, allegedly, had a learning disability in grade three, like shyness, I think was what it really was had to go through these battery of tests and everything, only to find out there wasn't a problem. The same teacher, I'd watch her when I dropped the kids at school, was like berating them, like yelling at them constantly, sent home a piece of art that he drew. They had to draw a picture of themselves. Mm-hmm. This is a grade three. And it, it was pretty good for grade three, probably as good as I would do. And um, he got like a C minus. He was very disappointed. And I asked her, I even went in with a picture of... Uh, a Picasso and abatement to the principal. I said, which of these is art? You know, mm-hmm. so I was pretty disturbed by that. But uh, yeah, I've come across the odd teacher. There are great teachers, though, that I've come across. And then some of these ones that I, I don't know if they have nothing better to do. They've been so overly educated with political correctness that they just it just oozes out of them. So let me let me go over this again. Your child was in grade three and the teacher sent home a note saying there is a potential learning disability. In essence, yes, that he wasn't paying attention. He wasn't doing things that she thought were necessary. And the From my side, and I knew my kids quite well, and I still do, um, he didn't like her at all, and he felt really, really, really embarrassed and shy to talk with her, and that's what it really was about. But don't you think if a teacher suspects a child would have a, has a learning disability, they should phone the parents and maybe ask to, for a sit-down meeting and not put it in a letter? Yeah, um, I would think so, that it should be, you know, come on in and uh, let's talk about this. Ultimately, we did because it was like a little bit shocking. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't like to rock the boat. I don't want to create problems. And especially as your kids get a little older, yeah. I don't want you to have anything to do with your teachers yeah. because it embarrasses them. So, And believe me, there is still bullying. It's just a sort of a more, uh, it's a more subtle form of bullying, like, Kids are just ignored or they're talked about behind their backs. It goes on constantly still, just kind of like it was, but not as as in your face. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And Scott, thanks a lot for the call. I agree with you. I mean, it exists. And uh, can we ever completely eradicate bullying? I hope so. I doubt it. Um, but we, we can get kids talking about it and doing things like that. 
But what we are discussing right now is teachers sending notes home complaining about something with your kids. So here's this young girl. She's a young black girl. She's the only black girl in her um, learning center. It's sort of like a preschool, right? And I guess because of the texture of her hair, her mom uses coconut oil to keep it healthy. And the teacher sends a note home saying to the mother, I understand why you use it on her hair. Please don't use as much. The children were complaining that her hair stinks. So if you have to apply it daily, please do so lightly so the kids don't tease her. Thank you for understanding. The mother was not having it. She went in and and ended up finding out it actually wasn't the other kids saying stuff to the girl. The teacher just didn't like the smell. Did the teacher handle this properly? Have you ever received a letter from your child's teacher that really bothered you. Have you ever received a note from your child's teacher, as one parent did in the Chicago area? Her daughter is the only a black child. I guess it's at a sort of a preschool or a daycare center. Uh, something. It's an early learning center. And because of the child's hair texture, the mom uses coconut oil in it to keep it healthy so it doesn't break. And the teacher sent the mom a letter saying, I understand the uh, necessity of coconut oil on your daughter's hair, but please don't use as much. The children were complaining that her hair stinks. If you have to apply this daily, please do so lightly so the kids don't tease her. Thank you for understanding. Did the teacher handle it properly? Would a phone call have been better than a letter? And some people on Facebook where this was posted said, well, the teacher should have maybe also address the fact that the kids are teasing the girl. Handle that on that end. Did the teacher handle it the right way? And have you ever had a teacher send you a note home about your child that got you upset? Here is Alan. Welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, you know, I remember when I was in public school. I'm 66. I must have been 45, 45 years ago, before you were ever born. But we had a... I lived in a school very. I uh, went to a school very diverse, ninety percent immigrants. But we had one kid. He had ringworm. He's a Greek character, and they shaved his head off. And I guess it was an old Greek remedy or something to wrap his head in some kind of rag that was doused in garlic oil and onion, or, uh, uh, garlic juice and onion juice. They wrapped it around his head. He reeked. And all we, all the teacher did was move the desk to the back of the room, open, you know, leave him by an open window, and nobody said anything. It was like fine and dandy. Who cared? And I don't know. I, I, are these teachers now prima donnas? I don't know about the new ones. My, my wife's been a teacher for over, uh, well, she retired now for over 30 years, and I'm sure she would never have done something like this. So the you know, kid, with this kid in your no, class, I, with this kid in your class, did the other kids not tease the kid who was pushed to the back of the class near an open window because his head smelled? Oh yeah, he used to say, you know, call him stinky or something. But that was, you know, it was, it was, you know, like they called me names because I was a Jew. They called their Ukrainian guys names because they were Ukrainian. They called. Everybody got called names, and the Chinese guys got called different names, but everybody took it in stride. It wasn't, you know, it was never meant to be uh, malicious. Okay, Alan, thanks a lot for the call. I mean, it's never meant to be malicious until somebody's feelings are hurt, and, and maybe it was all in good fun, and maybe the kid was really embarrassed that he had this garlic oil on his head 
that was shaved because he had ringworm. And I guess that's how they dealt with it back then. Hi, Sue. Hi, I'm a teacher. And first of all, to address your last caller, if any of my students called anybody else, any of those names in a joking way or or whatever uh, at all to another student, I would I would deal with that. Yeah, that was pretty harsh. I, I just want to say that everybody thinks they're a teacher. Everybody thinks that teachers should be doing this or should be doing that, or the teacher should have dealt this or should have done that. You know, there are 95%, and I'm not going to say there aren't any bad seeds out there, 95% of the teachers out there want the best for every student in that class. And, you know, sometimes that means maybe we should have called, but we didn't. We wrote a note. We want to be polite. We want to build relationships with the families. You know, we want to do things that are for the benefit of the child without being offensive, without, you know, without hurting anybody along the way. And the fact that this is even a story is really quite ridiculous because, you know, maybe it was the teacher that didn't like the smell of the coconut oil. Maybe there was one child that made fun of this little girl. It doesn't matter. I can tell you that. There was no ill intent, uh, and I wish people were just, you know, just back off a little bit. Well, Sue, okay, you know what, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I appreciate it. Um, I would also say to you that, well, first of all, sounds like you're a great teacher, and yes, there are tons of great teachers out there, but you don't know, you don't know that there was no ill intent. You don't know this teacher, right? No, I don't, but I'm also going to assume that, this isn't really an offensive topic. This okay, is- but let me... So here's what we do as part of this show. We sure. come up with topics that encourage people to call in, and somebody called in, his name is Scott, and you may have heard his call, that a teacher sent home a note saying that his child might have a learning disability, and this was in grade three, and right. he thought, and I agreed, that that may not have been the best way to go about letting the parents know, I think your child has a learning disability. We generate and try to engage people so that their own interesting stories come up, and that's how it works. At 100%, you know, by the time a note, something in writing is going home, there should be no surprises. The parents should already have been in contact with you. You should have been in contact with them. You should have raised some concerns. So definitely in a situation like that, um, there's no way a note would have gone home. It would have been, you know, these are my observations. What have you noticed at home? Let's monitor over the next couple of weeks, and and then, you know, if necessary, we'll bring you in for some type of a for some type of a meeting. But you know, again, I guess what I'm saying here though is that we most of us are are trying to do the best that we can. And, and that doesn't mean you're always going to agree with the approach that we took. But I just wish people would just kind of back off a little bit sometimes. Well, and I hear you. I hear you. But just because we're talking about one teacher doesn't mean we're sitting here bashing all teachers. And no, I'm sorry and, if and that's how it comes across. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I understand that. But when I hear a story about people being upset because a teacher wrote a note about coconut oil uh, that may or may not have actually, you know, well, the thing is, but, but, the, but the teacher said the kids were teasing or the daughter and it wasn't. And then turns out it wasn't. It was just did the teacher uh, didn't like it. That's a, well, that's probably a bad teacher. Do we know that for sure, though? Do we know yeah. that for sure? Yeah, cause because the parents went in and met with the teacher and then she admitted, well, it's the kids not actually being teased. I just find the smell a bit strong. 
you know, and she was probably approaching this situation in a in the kindest way she probably could. And that is, if you blame it on the kids, maybe they won't give you a hard time. But if you say that it's you that has a problem with it, then you look like the bad person. I have right? to ask you, I have to ask you, just based yeah. on what we're talking about. Have you had, now, again, good parents, right, and bad parents. Right. Have you right. had a lot of pushback from parents? Um, no, because I, I maintain my lines of communication open with parents, both in writing. Uh, I call my parents with good news, with bad news. Uh, my, my, there's no surprises with me. I'm a, an open book, and I tell my parents on curriculum night, we are partners for the next 10 months. We need to figure out what is best for your child. There's going to be times where you don't agree with me, but we need to communicate and talk with one another. So, you know, I, I, I haven't had any pushback yet. Not yet. You sound, like, you sound like a great teacher, and I, I, I'm, I thank you for calling in. Thank you. Have a great year, Sue. Thank you very much. Interesting stuff. And I get it. I get that we often talk about teachers, and because we're having this conversation, maybe a teacher who's listening gets the sense that we're bashing all teachers, not meaning to do that. Uh, but we do get some interesting uh, stories and different experiences that people have. That is what we're all about. You've been listening to a segment from the best of the Night Side with Barb DiGiulio podcast. Log on, listen, and download the latest podcast right now by visiting Newstalk1010.com.